It is time for us to begin our midday program here on this Monday, April 13th. Scott Foster in here with you, uh, along with Susan Littlefield and Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan as we get things rolling here on this Monday and uh, talking about what we're going to be talking about over the next couple hours. And we begin with Susan Littlefield. Good morning, Susan. How are you today? I'm good. We didn't get the snow that everybody else did or much of the freezing rain. It was a weird weather day yesterday, that's for sure. Boy, it was. If you, if stuff wasn't battened down, it was going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, it was blowing hard, that's for sure. It, it was that. We're going to talk. Um, are you hungry for some cheese curds? I'm always, well, always. Well, we're trying to find out different ways, and we'll find out more at the midday um, with Shaley's News. We're going to talk about one organization that's seen a massive increase when it comes to their um, cheese curd and cheese sales. But it ties into our 1219 as we kick it off with former Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack as he talks about how COVID-19, in his words, was a gut punch. So we'll talk about how that's affecting the dairy industry. Then Shaley will step in at 1245 and talk about a gentleman who is donating a tractor collection election. We'll get more details on that. And at 117, Alex talks with photographer Jenny Gregg. Uh, she's taking porch portraits of families and donating the money to the backpack program for Lincoln Public Schools. All right. I like that. I've seen that becoming a little bit of a trend doing those porch portraits. So thank exactly. you. Exactly. All right. Thank you. Take care, Susan. We turn it over to Jason Jorgensen. I've got a question first. I noticed that today was the 78th birthday of the guy who uh, wrote the score for Rocky. Now, I may have said an unpopular opinion. I didn't love the first Rocky. The story, to me, was a little slow. I don't think that was the best okay. movie or the most entertaining. Right. Although that might be sacrilege to some. I know, I know. Now, to, to me, and, yes. I have, and Bob Brogan is aghast over here. I am I am absolutely no. stunned. No. No. That's what started the whole it, thing. It doesn't matter. That doesn't mean it's the best. Well, the most entertaining in my opinion is Rocky 4. <laughs> I think that's one of the most entertaining movies Rocko. I've ever seen in we, my entire life. We better not get started on this. <laughs> it's, Aren't you glad you brought that up? Uh, well, I figured it would get, get I mean, some controversy. Going. Rocky was a fine movie and it, it started it all and it was up uh, right, you know, right. for a lot of awards, but it drug. It introduced Butkus the dog and just countless other things. Okay. This is what you talk about during the pandemic. All right. What do you got? For? Duly noted, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, Duly Bob. noted. Thanks, hey, Bob. hopefully this summer, I know we're crossing our fingers mm -hmm. on this, so there will be some all-star games, but the uh, roster came out for the Nebraska Coaches Association okay. girls all-star basketball game, and there's some kids from our uh, local region who have been selected to play in that. We will give you the names of that. Also, if you missed over the weekend, uh, former Husker Gervais Green didn't work out in Lincoln. He now lands in Pacific, and that's oh. where he hopes to play next year out on the west coast all right thank you very much appreciate it uh, we look at bob and bob's uh, stocks are down a little bit today stocks are falling broadly and trading on wall street as the market has given back some gains also hours after wall street reopened opec russia and other oil producers finalized a production cut deal and also the u.s price of regular grade gasoline has fallen over the past two weeks not uh, not surprisingly down 14 cents so some folks say they're practically giving it away hmm. i'll be darn well uh, we'll we'll find that all out coming up on midday 
Rely on KRVN for up-to-date information on COVID-19. From closings, the latest governor's press conference, and DHHS virus reports, we'll bring you the facts and latest news on the coronavirus. Visit our coronavirus information tab at krvn.com for up-to-the-minute local and state news, and tune in every weeknight at 5 p.m. for a special KRVN this evening. Depend on KRVN to keep you informed on COVID-19. COVID-19 coverage is brought to you by COZAD Community Health. Time for us to take a look at uh, weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Always interesting, Paul Perkins in here in studio, to take a look at the uh, visible satellite view. And uh, we're looking at uh, quite a bit of snow in the northern part of Nebraska. Yeah, several areas there uh, with some good amounts of snow, especially along and north of the line from about Arthur to Broken Bow, Albion, and Norfolk. And many areas of north-central Nebraska with about three to five inches of snow. We did see that sharp cutoff of snow just to the southeast of Broken Bow and Ord and Ord, or make that southeastern line basically from Ord to Broken Bow and North Platte, because Ogallala and North Platte, many areas around around there are reporting about one to three inches of snow with this system that did move through yesterday. Otherwise, a lot of it into southwest and central and eastern Nebraska has pretty much melted off what did fall yesterday rather quickly disappeared. So. Well, I know my folks up in northeast Nebraska, they, you know, they said they got quite a bit of snow yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it was winter like in some areas. It didn't, that snow didn't make it as far south as no. they were thinking because they did back off that winter storm warning yesterday morning to a little bit more to the north. And a lot of us were just in a winter weather advisory. And just because it wasn't maybe carrying quite as much moisture as they were expecting. Exactly. Yeah, I'm guessing that's probably a cut off. Okay a little bit somehow but okay uh, cold temperatures this morning it got down to one above in alliance for the state low in nebraska and still some temperatures in the 20s in the nebraska panhandle hard to believe that this is april 13th and these temperatures are as chilly as they are currently around the region two days ago i was in shorts right (laughs) exactly yeah on saturday we had the widespread 70s but yeah 21 on the temperature right now in alliance much of the nebraska panhandle still in the low to mid 20s a lot of us with temperatures currently in the upper 20s to low 30s Temperatures in the mid to upper 30s as you head into southeast Nebraska and much of eastern Kansas. For today and tomorrow, our temperatures expected to remain about 20 to 25 degrees below normal as we see more cold Canadian high pressure build to the south. Breezy northwest and westerly winds will add to that chill for both today and tomorrow. Some mainly small chances of light snow or sprinkles will continue through tomorrow with some passing clouds as we sit on the backside of a strong area of low pressure that continues to dominate the central and eastern U.S. Some hard freezes will remain in the overnight hours through at least Thursday night. So looking at overnight lows in many areas through at least Thursday night of 28 or colder over this next week. Now, temperatures improve slightly during the day Wednesday to about 10 degrees colder than normal with the westerly flow off high pressure to our west. Some small chances of rain and snow are back by Wednesday night into Thursday night with more disturbances tracking to the southeast. Our temperatures on Thursday once again cooling down to 20 degrees below average with another shot of colder air. But Friday looks to be a transition day to better temperatures and more seasonal temperatures as we head into the weekend into the 60s with the ridge of high pressure edging closer from the west. In our long-term forecast, 
Nebraska and Kansas temperatures start out at seasonal to slightly cooler than normal this weekend and early next week. But Nebraska and Kansas temperatures by the middle of next week through April 26th expected to be seasonal to slightly above normal. And in late April, the central Nebraska average daytime highs are in the mid-60s with average overnight lows in the upper 30s. So if we just get past this weekend... Things do look pretty good after, once again, as we hit this weekend and then into the later parts of this month. Now, Nebraska precipitation forecast this weekend through the 26th should be near normal to actually below normal. Kansas precipitation predicted to be slightly above normal. Soil temperatures at 7 this morning and 4 inches down along the northwest of the line from Columbus to Hastings, Hill City, and Garden City in the mid to upper 30s. Along and southeast of that Columbus, Hastings, Hill City, and Garden City line, soil temperatures in the low to mid 40s. Key weather factors impacting the market include possible freeze damage to wheat in the southern plains and a cold forecast in the Midwest. Cold weather this morning resulted in temperatures below 20 as far south as northwest Kansas. Winter wheat in central Kansas right now, excuse me, is well into the jointing phase and the cold last night may have caused some damage. The next few days, one or more freezes can be expected along and north of the line from west central Texas into the Tennessee Valley, further threatening the jointing to heading wheat and any emerging summer crops. Over the past weekend, daily record snowfall totals of 4 to 7 inches were set in southern Minnesota, southeast South Dakota, and northwest Iowa. Midwest field work will continue to be delayed this next week following the stormy weekend and this week's cool to cold weather. Additional periods of rain may also still move through the Midwest this week, including some bouts of snow. The Delta had damaging storms over the weekend with moderate to heavy rain. The rain halted their field work and planning. Generally drier weather this week in the Delta may allow for some late week activity. You know, uh, we're not far away from talking about tornadoes and stuff like that either, yeah, are we? Yeah, because you know we can see that even in mid-March uh, this uh, in this area. But uh, May probably yeah, a little more vulnerable, and especially as these temperatures start to warm up here. But once again, this week going to be very chilly off and on. But once we hit this weekend and for the later parts of April, it's looking pretty good. Okay, very good. Thank you, Paula. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. Describing the issues of COVID-19 and agriculture as a gut punch, not only to the ag industry, but to dairy in general. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. On Friday, Tom Vilsack, who is president and CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, talked about this gut punch and what it's done to the industry. Class milk prices declined by 26 percent, class four milk prices by 36 percent in the recent days. Uh, a more significant drop uh, than just about any other commodity uh, has uh, endured at a time when the dairy industry was just now recovering from a long period of time of, of, of difficulty. Um, we had seen uh, at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020 a lot of momentum on the export side. Uh, we had seen record levels of volume. We had seen record value uh, being uh uh, paid by folks outside the United States for dairy products that are safe, sustainably produced, uh, and and uh, a su- significant supply opportunity. Uh, our February numbers uh, actually showed that dairy uh, was uh, exporting at a rate better than last year uh, and continued uh, six consecutive months of positive growth, despite port issues and despite the onset of the virus. 
And the secretary talks about the impact that this is all having when it comes to exports of dairy products. An impact, by the way, which is exactly the same as the impact it's had here in the U.S. Uh, food service, uh, significant declines. Uh, schools being shut uh, in other countries, which means that the milk that would otherwise be produced and consumed uh, domestically now has to find a different home, uh, which means it puts it in competition with the uh, uh, the exports that we would otherwise be able to do in uh, markets across the world. Um, uh, economic uncertainty, uh, a tourism industry that's been destroyed, uh, has uh, has made it very difficult uh, on the export side in the same way it's made it difficult here within the U.S. Uh, but yet, notwithstanding those difficulties, because of the investments that farmers have made, we continue to do our job at U.S. Deck. Uh, we continue to work, for example, with uh, the Chinese, not only on the institution of the Phase One uh, uh, agreement, in the hopes that China will purchase more U.S. dairy products, but opening up new market opportunities for us in China, uh, encouraging the Chinese government to approve the use of permeate uh, for food purposes for human consumption, in addition to the feed uh, consumption that's currently uh, authorized. We're hopeful uh, that the process that we helped to launch uh, and hopeful to the process that we've contributed significant technical information to will be supported by the Chinese government opening up a new opportunity. And we're encouraged by the fact that as China rebuilds its uh, hog industry, U.S. DEC uh, provided information that encouraged uh, U.S. dairy products to be part of the plan to rebuild the hog industry, which is one of the reasons we saw uh, waste sales in China up a, a bit in February. Uh, we continue to look at ways in which we can avoid problems. Uh, most recently in Mexico, uh, there was concern that their health department had decided because they were uh, uh, having staff issues at their central office that they wouldn't be able to issue uh, import uh, certificates that would obviously have stopped product at the border. Uh, U.S. DEC and the team at uh, the market and regulatory affairs and our trade policy team went to work outreach to the Mexican dairy industry, outreach to the Mexican government, outreach to our own government uh, to alert them to this problem uh, and to find a solution. Those comments from former Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network. It's time for sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks. Well, six 2020 Superstaters are among the selected players for the Nebraska Coaches Association All-Star Girls Basketball Game, which hopefully will take place on July 20th at Lincoln North Star High School. The All-Star Game usually brings together some of the state's top senior players. Those selected from our region include Corinne Clayson of Cambridge, Whitney Brown of Northwest, Molly McNair of Chase County, and Jesse Salock of South Loop. Kelly Cooksley of Broken Bow will serve as one of the coaches. Former Nebraska basketball player Gervais Green is headed west. He's transferring to Pacific. Green, who played just one year for the Huskers after transferring in from Western Nebraska Community College, made the announcement over the weekend on Twitter. As a junior last year in Lincoln, Green had an up-and-down season. He played in 28 games with 15 starts. He averaged eight points and four rebounds per game. Another transfer news, former Nebraska volleyball player Megan Miller has announced her plans to transfer to Northwestern. She made the announcement over the weekend. Now, she still remains as a student at UNL, but had placed her name in the NCAA transfer portal earlier this year. Miller, as a sophomore last year, was a defensive specialist for the Big Red. She played in every set last year and finished the year with 246 digs and 24 ace serves. 
Omaha's Scott senior Nick Stoltenberg will be leaving the Cornhusker State to continue his wrestling career. The three-time Class B State champion heavyweight announced over the weekend he's going to accept a scholarship offer from Wisconsin over other offers from the likes of Arizona State and Purdue. And Rafael Nadal and Andy Murray are among 12 players confirmed to play in the virtual Madrid Open Tennis Tournament this month. Players will participate from their homes in the April 27th through the 30th online competition that is expected to be broadcast live on TV and also on social media channels. That'll be interesting to see how they can pull that off. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. The average price for a gallon of regular grade gasoline in the United States went down 14 cents over the past two weeks to $2.01. Industry analyst Trilby Lundberg. Gasoline demand in the U.S. is causing this price crash, and I think it'll go on. The OPEC agreement to cut apparently less than uh, the discussed 10 million barrels per day uh, is really a drop in the bucket. It's not very meaningful. The highest average price in the nation for regular grade gas is $3.22 per gallon in Honolulu. The lowest average is $1.42 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The average price of diesel is $2.69, down $0.07. Cents. And the average price of a gallon of regular gas in Nebraska is $1.73, according to AAA. Nebraska has seen almost 800 confirmed cases of coronavirus. The state health department on Sunday reported 790 cases on Sunday. That's up 90 from the number reported on Saturday. 17 people have died from the illness, and the uptick came as some churchgoers attended drive-in Easter services from their cars to ensure social distancing. With thousands of Nebraska school children away from school due to the COVID-19 virus, Nebraska State Treasurer T recently rolled out a free, innovative, and interactive online resource so students can improve their financial skills. Moranti says it's a great resource, especially considering April is Financial Literacy Month. As simple as can be uh, to get up and going, and it's uh, tools uh, and lessons and curriculum um, that um, uh, are age-appropriate for kids, whether they're kindergarten, we have uh, certain programming for, for kids as young as that, all the way to seniors in high school. For more information and to get started learning, parents and students can visit Treasurer Moranti's website, treasurer.nebraska.gov. The online program is hosted by EverFi, which works with many educational institutions in the state. Nebraska Commissioner of Education Matt Bloomstead says Nebraska schools are faced with an unprecedented challenge, and the addition of the free financial education resources will help ensure students all across the state will have access to quality instruction from home. The Rural Radio Network spoke with Dr. Mark Rupp, a professor of infectious diseases at UNMC, about if the coronavirus has continued to mutate. What I have seen is that the genomic background for this COVID-19 virus appears to be fairly stable. And, you know, this is good news for those folks who are trying to work on vaccines. It doesn't appear that the targets for the vaccine are changing. Rupp adds, however, that a vaccine could still be 12 to 18 months away due to trials, testing, and gaining approval. Dr. Rupp recommends continuing to practice social distancing to aid in recovery efforts and help medical centers focus on the vaccine. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson.
tractor collector donates collection to local high school. I'm Shaylee Peters joining you now on the Rural Radio Network and today we're going to visit with that very collector. His name is John Nicodem and he's from the Red Cloud area of Nebraska and John you very recently decided to donate your tractor collection to Heartland Lutheran High School and a decision that's a pretty large one. Let's talk about that decision. Why did you decide to donate the proceeds of your tractors sold to the high school? Um, I've been a, a collector of John Deere tractors primarily, but um, a lot of anything old and interesting uh, since I was quite young. Uh, we used to have the John Deere dealer here in Red Cloud, and uh, my dad bought a uh, 1934D in 1975 to, at a local farm auction to display in front of the dealership. And uh, this young boy uh, got interested in fixing up that tractor, and and uh, one thing led to another, and I've uh, uh, created quite a large collection of, of antique tractors. And um, within the last year, uh, my youngest son, we decided that uh, he should uh, go to Heartland Lutheran High School in Grand Island, uh, because of the, the good uh, Christ-centered uh, education that he could get there and uh, the opportunities available there for him. And uh, initially, we were, uh, he was going to live with my daughter that lives up that way and attend school while we uh, made the decision uh, last fall that we would go ahead and move to Grand Island, my wife and I. And... Uh, not being able to uh, uh, keep all of my collection, uh, and I hadn't been doing as much with it as I should and have liked to, uh, so I decided uh, the best thing to do would be to sell the tractor collection and move to Grand Island. And uh, what better way to, uh, uh, better thing to do with the proceeds than to uh, give it to the high school to, uh, uh, to help it uh, make the education possible for a lot of central Nebraska uh, children. Now, John, anybody that knows tractors knows this is a pretty significant donation. Uh, let's get into what exactly uh, you have donated, what your tractor collection looks like. Well, there, there are about 50 complete tractors. Um, uh, well, I shouldn't say complete tractors, but uh, 50 listings on the tractor day. It's a three-day auction, online only. And uh, you can find the auction at almondvintagepower.com. That's A-U-M-A-N-N, vintagepower.com. Uh, the, the first day, it's, and it's online only, uh, the first day auction ends tomorrow, Tuesday, the 14th. And uh, the... Uh, there are just the tractors end on Tuesday. And uh, like I said, I think there's around 50 listings there. Uh, there's there's uh, 10 listings that are uh, included that uh, by a, a friend of mine, another local collector, uh, that the proceeds don't go to Heartland Lutheran on those tractors. But uh, everything else uh, entirely goes to the school. Uh, but... Um, Found in those uh, tractors are some extremely rare, low-production John Deere's. Uh, I uh, early on started concentrating on on finding 
uh, the rare and unusual. I do have a number of, you know, more common tractors that are found in this part of the country, but a lot of my tractors came from uh, all over the world, actually. I, I, a lot of the tractors came from California, but uh, there are two or three that actually came from Argentina. I and another uh, local collector went to Argentina in 1989 and, and brought back some tractors. Uh, so uh, there's uh, a uh, very interesting uh, and uh, uh, unique uh, collection of, of tractors here available uh, to the to any type of collector or somebody that just wants one old tractor to get started with. And again, just a really unique way to approach donating. What was the response? I imagine they were a little bit surprised when you approached them with this idea. Uh, well, of course, uh, they were very thankful of that. Um, the, they're in the midst of a uh, uh, capital campaign to retire some debt and uh, uh, and do some new building projects and and add to the the funds to uh, help provide scholarships to students that can't afford to pay the full tuition. So uh, uh, obviously, you know, this kind of donation will will help all of those things. And uh, uh, I hope uh, some of the local people will. Uh, buy some of these things and, uh, you know, a dual purpose thing. They, they get something they'd like to have and, and uh, uh, help out the, the Lutheran High School as well. All right. Thanks so much. Again, our guest today, John Nicodem. He is a tractor collector from Central South Central Nebraska, making a, a donation to Heartland Lutheran High School. All proceeds from the sale going to them. I'm Shaley Peters, and you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Bureau. With a business report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks have fallen broadly in trading on Wall Street as the market has given back some gains after notching its best week since 1974. Investors are bracing for a sobering first look this week at how the coronavirus has hurt corporate America. With several major banks, including J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and other big companies set to report their results for the first three months of the year, Analysts project broad declines in earnings across the 11 sectors in the S&P 500. Just hours before Wall Street reopened, OPEC, Russia, and other oil producers finalized an unprecedented production cut of nearly 10 million barrels, or a tenth of global supply, seeking to boost crashing prices and end a price war. Analysts say the cuts are not enough to make up for the void in demand due to business and travel shutdowns due to the coronavirus. But the deal at least helped resolve a price war that took U.S. crude to near $20 per barrel, pummeling U.S. oil and gas producers. Hundreds of companies have withdrawn all financial projections for the year given the unprecedented disruption to the economy and to consumers. But details of the extent of the damage are beginning to surface. Ford Motor Company expects to post a $600 million first quarter pre-tax loss. It says it has enough cash to get through the end of September, even if vehicle production doesn't resume. Ford is considering a phased restart of its factory sometime in the second quarter with enhanced safety standards. Beginning today, Amazon is asking anyone signing up for deliveries from Amazon Fresh or Whole Foods Market Delivery to sign up for an invitation to use the service. 
The increase in stay-at-home online grocery shoppers has created a shortage of delivery slots available, despite a 60% increase in capacity put into place by Amazon since the coronavirus. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Work Protect yourself and others from COVID-19. Nebraskans can help protect themselves from the coronavirus and other respiratory infections by staying home if you are sick and avoiding close contact with those who are sick. Washing hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. For more information, visit krvn.com. Equip your smartphone with the free KRVN app, powered by Capel Sales. Get breaking story alerts, up-to-date market information, and live weather in your pocket. Listen to podcasts on your time, watch the latest KRVN videos, and receive closings and cancellation information, all at your fingertips. Download the KRVN app for iPhone and Android wherever you get free apps. Proudly powered by Capel Sales. Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network, and I'm joined on the phone by Jenny Gage. She's the owner of Jenny Gage Photography. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, if you've been scrolling through any sort of social media, you've probably seen these porch portraits. And Jenny, you've kind of taken a new spin on this. So first of all, how did your project get started? Well, um, once everything started kind of unraveling with uh, all the sessions and weddings I had uh, on the book for the next couple of months. I knew I had to do something to keep myself creating. Um, artists that don't create get a little bit cranky, so I wanted to prepare myself to keep that from happening. So uh, I read an article about a photographer in Boston doing porch portraits, and I said, well, that would be fun. So I knew I wanted to help in some way, shape, or form, and uh, immediately when the school was canceled, I worried about all the kids that don't have meals on a regular basis and they rely on the school to get their meals so I knew I wanted to support the backpack program and help them as much as I could and I put the two things together and came up with an idea and posted it just in my neighborhood um, Facebook group and it kind of took off I've done 54 sessions and yesterday I donated $2,100 to the backpack program Wow that is incredible give us an idea of the feedback that you've got from from the community yeah it's been great uh i've been very surprised at how willing people are um i give no direction on how to dress or anything like that i've had everything from everyone in their sunday best to pandemic gear as i would call it um pajamas everything in between it's been really fun and i haven't had any um any problems getting sessions booked in fact i've had to kind of start tapering down just running out of time yeah you you did mention that on your facebook page that you're not taking any more porch sessions sessions right now um tell us about some of the other photography projects you usually take on right so i am mostly a family and wedding photographer i do also do a lot of commercial headshots um Weddings are what I'm mostly into during this time of year. This is the beginning of wedding season, and all of my weddings have been postponed or canceled for the next couple of months. And my family sessions, obviously, I do um, in-home 
the heir, what I call heirloom sessions, which means they're in your house with your stuff, um, just to create memories of your insides of your home for your children many years to come. And they, we can't do that with everything that's happening. What have you noticed about photography that kind of helps people get through times like this? Well, I think, um, especially right now when we're having to social distance and not being able to hang out with friends and family, having the pictures to show what's happening and to show your friends and family that you're still there and that you're, I know I'm constantly looking through Facebook just to have connections with people and pictures are definitely one of the best ways to have that connection with other people. One last question for you, Jenny. What is the best way to connect with you? Um, probably through Facebook, um, my Facebook page, or I also have a website, it's jennygeg.com. All right, very good. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. We've been visiting with Jenny Gag. She's the owner of Jenny Gag Photography, as she's been taking porch portraits and then donating that money to the LPS Backpack Program. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Alex Wojcicki. You. Play Patton back on the World Radio Network. It's time to talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And John, a little bit of a mix here, but it's hard not to want to be a wheat bull in these times, especially with the weather story shaping up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it could develop here. Tonight's, um, tonight's crop harvest report will be interesting. I mean, it's so early. The, the results were good last week, and it's almost like a good thing that they're good to start because it's kind of some, sometimes only the way, only it can go lower. Um, but at this point, you know, the charts look like they made a little top today on the on the July. Um, you know, $5 obviously is going to see some selling. It, it's really weird. It's like you, as soon as I watch the overnight trade before I go to bed, you'll notice it'll be green. Sometimes up like in the last week, it's been seven higher, eight higher. And every U.S. session, it seems like we just settle into this lower pattern right on the open. And uh, I don't know if that's just telling you maybe overseas things are a little bit more bullish uh, versus a strong dollar or if, you know, that's just not a not a big enough strong market up move here. But if we take out 520, I think the market could really run. Um, but, you know, you, you get up to 510, I don't – I can I say don't sell? No, I mean, I think you should sell a little bit if you feel confident you're going to have it. Uh, I know folks in that area, your area of listening region, probably not many. But, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting trade. And, in fact, if it would go higher, I think it's only both, both well for corn, um, just because that spread can only go so far. So far. Then as we take a look, one that's kind of the unsung hero in Grand, we don't have a futures market on it, but sorghum, USDA upped their uh, estimates last week on exports. We get the export inspections out today. Sorghum has a big jump there. So what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, the, listen, the, the sorghum story in the short term is going to be bullish because China's going to buy non-GMO. But in the longer run, um, the, uh, the the story is going to be a lot, of, a lot of acreage here. So if you've got supply, again, I... I, I it's a hard thing to do. I, I hate to tell folks that, that you need to sell here. I mean, that's not good advice to anybody, you know. But I would say this next 30, 30 days are probably, or next 15 days are probably down around these levels in corn, sorghum as well. And then once we get past May 1, I think then, then it's a buy. And it's just a buy with the idea that there's going to be a summer weather problem. That, that's the only reason. I don't have any, any other insight other than that. That's of buying the break kind of right into the end of end of April. Um, you would have caught a rally in each of those years. We'll see if it happens this year. 
Again, we're talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. Learn more at danielsagmarketing.com. Again, danielsagmarketing.com. Do remember, trading futures and options involve risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. And that'll do it for today's midday program. If you want to listen to it in its entirety, you can visit krvn.com. That's where you can find our midday podcast, which is sponsored by Deveni Motors. Also subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Deveni Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DeveniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Deveni deal.